I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast, and now a video cast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel. Or you can find the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That absolutely is the easiest way. It's all there for you. Uh, we'll take a look at uh, how we did for you. A look at this week's games, who's trending, and our brand new feature, Ask the Quarterback. Each week, we will select a fan who writes in to ask Eric a fantasy football-related question. We'll bring the fan on to the video podcast, ask the question directly, and you can be that fan. All you have to do is simply email us at brillpro at gmail.com. That's brillpro at gmail.com. You can see it right there on your screen. So, how did we do for you this week? It was another crazy NFL week. We liked Deshaun Watson and his 359 yards and three scores, despite two picks. He was strong. Derek Carr, solid, 347, three touchdowns. We thought Miami might do well against the Niners, and Fitzpatrick was solid, 350, three scores, no picks. And you've been sticking with Bridgewater. He came through again with uh, 313, a pair of touches and no interceptions. I like Ben again, and all Roethlisberger did was toss three TDs and no picks. 239 yards. Uh, running backs, we said Miles Sanders would play well, and he had a good fantasy day with 80 yards and two scores. Todd Gurley, we overlooked, and he rushed for 121, caught four passes. Zeke gained 91 in a pair of touchdowns, and Joe Mixon had 49 plus six catches. He did disappoint a little bit without a touchdown. Now, it was not a great day for running backs, but oh, those wide offs, they just went off. Wide receivers went crazy. Chief among them, I said three weeks ago, if you didn't have Chase Claypool in your dynasty league, you were crazy. Well, forget dynasty because he's ready now. With the injury to Deontay Johnson, the Steeler rookie caught seven passes, scored four touchdowns. So in PPR leagues, guess what? He gained right around 40 points himself. That's usually double with quarterbacks gained. Wow. In the same game, the Eagles' Travis Fulgham caught uh, 10 for 152 in a score. Brandon Cooks found the light with 8 for 161. We like Jamison Crowder, 8 for 116 and a touch. DeAndre Hopkins, 131. Uh, Calvin Ridley, who we love, had 136. And I've been saying play both Darius Slayton and CeeDee Lamb for weeks. Slayton had 8 for 129. Lamb had 8 for 124. Now, in my fantasy league this week, I went out and I made a change. I went out and I got Jason Sanders, the Miami kicker. Dolphins have had offense, but little scoring. So I said, eh, field goals are going to stand out. He was four for four and five for five as Miami punched up 43 points on the Niners. Graham Gano had three field goals over 50 yards. So if your league rewards distance with a bonus, you were good. On the defense, the Ravens, Rams, and Dolphins all dialed it up. While the Steelers had the takeaways, they did give up 29 points to the Eagles. Trending up this week, Andy Dalton, Ezekiel Elliott tra trending up, Chase Claypool, CeeDee Lamb, David Johnson, Derek Carr, Kyler Murray, Travis Fulgham, uh, Alexander Madison, Justin Herbert, and Justin Jackson. Uh, trending down, Deontay Johnson, Dak Prescott, Dearness Johnson, the Tennessee Titans, Daniel Jones, Clyde Edwards Hilary and Sammy Watkins, as well as Dalvin Cook. Now, your thoughts on this week, uh, Eric, uh, including that horrendous, horrendous injury to Dak Prescott. Yeah, I know. That, that's uh, you never see those things coming. Certainly, um, injuries of that, of that magnitude. But and I didn't see it. I just obviously it's talk of the NFL right now. Uh, <clears throat> but I mean, um, you can't script that sort of thing, obviously. But I, they did do a great job, obviously, this offseason in getting Andy Dalton uh, back right next door to the town. He played in at TCU in college, came in and played great. 
I think the problem for the Cowboys going forward and what's been the problem for them this whole year so far has been their defense. They're just giving the offense way too many opportunities and not getting out the field fast enough. Um, I think uh, the Chiefs, uh, I can't say I'm shocked that the Raiders uh, won this game. In fact, I kind of thought they would. Uh, the, the Chiefs have sort of kind of been skirting by. In fact, a couple weeks ago, they barely squeaked over the Chargers. And uh, this is probably a loss that's going to wake them up a little bit because offensively, they are just so dominant. But, uh, you know, everybody's, call, everybody's capable, I guess, of losing a game. And certainly the Chiefs did that this weekend. But I think it was more the Raiders and what they did execution-wise offensively to control this game. Uh, I think the Ravens was great uh, rebounding from that embarrassing loss they had against the Chiefs, come back and stuff out the Bengals. Uh, again, I didn't see the 49ers collapsing here. They're back at home again. And again, for the second week in a row, they lose. Um, I think the Fitzpatrick to, to uh, Mike Gesicki combination was fantastic. Another 91 yards for Gesicki. Fitzpatrick had probably his best day this year, although he's had several. And, um, you know, I think the I was impressed and have been now for the last several weeks with the Browns. And, uh, you know, they put it to uh, – uh, the Colts this week and the Colts obviously came in off a big win against the Bears couldn't hold up but again I think the Browns have been so I guess in sync you know not just offensively but defensively and I think a lot of that credit's got to go to Kevin Stefanski and even though again not a great day from Baker Mayfield not a great day for the running game they at least hung in there and and dominated from start to finish both you know, offensively made plays when they had to, and the defense really stepped up. And again, the Chargers, I mean, this I'm heartbroken for this team because they this <laughs> yeah, is like a pay your dues year for them because they're right there. They they seem to stay in every game. They in fact uh look like they're gonna win most of the time, and then something happens at the end where they just get tripped up. And again, the Chargers, I think, found their quarterback in Herbert. And uh you're right. I predicted before this game that even though they lost Austin Eckler, that Josh Kelly would step up. He didn't. In fact, it was Justin Jackson, Jackson, right? So, um, you know, but I think the Chargers have shown a lot of people that they are on the cusp of breaking through. So whether at some point this year it happens and they start turning into the role of spoiler toward the end of the season or it doesn't happen, it's going to happen at some point. I think next year is going to be their year where they step up and, uh, and really get over the hump. No, I think you're right. You know, uh, I want to go back to the Dak Prescott injury. And you know, I, I, I had several ankle injuries in, in my lifetime, uh, many of them uh, playing sports. And thank the good Lord, none involved surgery, but two involved wearing a cast. And a clean break is better than most ankle injuries. And, and this was just the contusions. And, and just watching that live, I watched it live and, and then the replay. And I just, I just all, couldn't, almost couldn't watch it again. It wasn't quite as bad as the... Uh, um, uh, situation with, um, um, Theismann. yeah, Joe Theismann, yeah. but you know, where you could hear it, you know, but this, <laughs> this was just something else. Yeah. What it, what it brought to mind when my son was telling me about it was last year, Alex Smith or two years ago. And, yes. um, yes. you know, here's the guy that almost was considering and being talked about amputation and now he's back playing. Same so, day, same day. <laughs> right. So hopefully something positive like that will happen with that because he's too young to, and too good, obviously, uh, hopefully, to uh, have his career ended on something like that. 
We've had two more games uh, moved. I, mean, I think three now uh, moved due to COVID. Again, it's the Titans at the center of the controversy. Yeah, what's going on with that team? What are you hearing? Well, I'm not really. And But this goes back to what I talking to someone that's uh, with the Bears that was there. Uh, Scott Hagel was there when I was there. And he said, you know, this, the word for this year leading up to it was adaptability throughout the league. And he talked about some scenarios that happened in training camp that helped them prepare for if that thing eventually happened during the season, like that false positive weekend where the mm -hmm. Detroit Lions and Matt Stafford and even the Bears were tied up in that. Uh, it was going to at least give them some, I think, uh, experience in what to do. And I think the Titans and now the NFL is having to confront this issue. And so I, I think it's basically making, making everybody uh, that much more aware. In fact, here's a scenario where uh, I'm friends with somebody who played a long time with the Rams and Ray Agnew, and he still works with them. And I'm talking to him about, uh, or texting him about, let's get together and have, go have a lunch or coffee. And he says, you know, I'd love to, but given all that's happening right now with the NFL, they're not letting us out of the box. So, I, I, you know, I said, look, don't worry about it. But I think that's the, the environment right now that all the players are in is they, they're not only, uh, you know, the, the restrictions are not only within their own building, it's outside. When they're off on their own time, they still have to be mindful. You know, the one thing is, uh, I, I know it's so difficult to do at the end of a game. They got to keep those guys away from each other. You know, they're all hugging each other and, and talking and they got their masks off. They got their helmets off and they're talking to each other face to face. And it's like, oh, my God, because there was a situation, I guess it was last week. Everybody was wondering about uh, Pat Mahomes because the guy tested positive. He spent 30 seconds face to face with him after the game. You know, and I was like, oh, right. golly. I know I, that, uh, that hearing you talk about that reminds me when I was in Detroit, we had an offensive lineman, Ken Dallafor, who was kind of a you know, not the prettiest in terms of like how he got the job done. He was an offensive guard. Uh -huh. And after one game, we're walking off the field kind of talking and I don't have my helmet on and I'm not even thinking anything about it. And he goes, Hey, now, if you're going to walk off the field with me, you better strap it up because we don't know what's coming out of these stands. But, <laughs> you know, uh, it's amazing now to see yeah. guys kind of embracing the other team. Uh, but that's part of the game now. And, uh, I guess in this new COVID era, you have to be mindful all the time. Certainly do. Well, now we come to our regular feature, Ask the Quarterback. It's brand new. And uh, today we welcome in Brian Ping, fantasy football commissioner from Southern California. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, I've been living in uh, Southern California, uh, LA area for about a decade. Uh, I have my home in Long Beach now that I've had for about four years. I have a wife and a little uh, one-year-old daughter who uh, is going to be scampering around the house. You might be hearing her uh, in the background. Oh, kid, here, but, kid, uh, babies are always fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a future uh, fantasy football player herself, hopefully. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been uh, at my job now for about 10 years. I launched a uh, office fantasy league uh, from the get-go because well, they didn't have one and there was uh, – demand for it people I you know I asked some people if they wanted to try it and I thought it would be a good way for me to you know uh, kind of build camaraderie around the office and we're still going at uh, 10 seasons strong now and wow. uh, even this e even the, even this season uh, you know a, a couple people were a little hesitant to play this year just because everything is so uh, up on its head and upside down but uh, you know you just navigate the new challenges of uh, you know, players having to skip out, opting out, games having to get 
uh, juggled and all that. And, uh, you know, we're getting by. And uh, so, you know, it's it, it's a fun, it, fun thing to do. You know, being a commissioner has its challenges, but uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of uh, you know, what we've built with it. I, I say we because it's really a group effort. Well, you know, the, it's an individual. Fantasy football will always drive you crazy. Yeah. You throw in today's situation. <laughs> so, what would you like to ask Eric? Okay. Well, so especially now, we're seeing a lot of schedule disruption. Uh, teams are having to have their bye weeks earlier, as we saw with the uh, Steelers, because you know, no cases on their end, but they were still forced into a situation where, oh, guess what? You're not playing this week. And we're seeing things with the Bills where they thought they were going to play on Sunday and then Thursday, but now that's going to be Tuesday and Monday. And I know there's a weekly rhythm as far as, you know, Mondays mean one thing, Tuesdays may be a day off, Wednesday practice, and then uh, lesser intensity practice later in the week. If you play the Thursday night game, yeah, that may be disrupted, but you knew months ahead of time that that was going to happen. But now if you're a team in this position, uh, you only have about a week's heads up uh, to change your whole rhythm and routine that gets you ready and amped up for a game. So how does that affect their performance? Do you think that's going to have a, a negative effect or does it cancel it out because both teams have to do this and maybe an offense can take advantage of a defense that uh, you know hasn't gone through enough uh, practice reps and how it can affect their numbers if I'm going to you know, put them in my starting lineup for that week? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I would because there's really nothing oh, uh, obvious to compare it to, I had to kind of play, uh, play around with what you're, you're asking here. And that is that uh, if you equate it to injuries, okay, um, there was a game that I played in back, I think it was 1995. So the Steelers came to Chicago. We played them, I think it was a Sunday night or something. And I had, I had turf toe the week before. And so not sure if I was going to play in this game or not. It was hard to move around. Um, and ended up that game throwing for four touchdowns and I think over 300 yards and we ended up losing, but it was, uh, I think a last second field goal that, uh, that Pittsburgh actually kicked to win the game. But that year they went on and went to the Super Bowl and eventually lost the Cowboys. Um, and so I think, you know, players are, are, I think adaptable, like I was saying earlier, and you're probably getting a little bit of dose of that as a commissioner after 10 years, this is probably a year unlike any other. Um, and so I think one of the things that brings to mind to me is you want to have good backups because like you said, ho hopefully your team's playing, but completely out of control. They might not be, but because the other team's contracted COVID and has a number of cases. So right. um, I think that's one of the things you have to be mindful of. And, and hopefully you have a, a league that you can during the season, pick up players and add to your, to add to the depth of your roster. Right. And uh, yeah, there's the issue of, cause we pay so much attention during drafts to when certain players buys are. And now that gets uh, jumbled around. I think what a lot of people forget is it's one week in a big season, sometimes maybe, you know, you know 14, uh, 16 weeks. So you can make up some lost ground. Hopefully your, your league has a bit, bit of a generous policy of making the playoffs. So if maybe a bunch of your players or a couple of them get injured, you can make up that lost ground. I think this is very much a situation that we're seeing this year too, with some people who might be, fretting because, oh, no, the Chargers suddenly have a bye week. I'm supposed to fire up a couple of these guys. Justin Herbert was looking great. Now I don't have him uh, for, for next week. So just uh, a lot of having to adapt to that. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and like you were saying earlier, you might have a game that where it gets postponed. In fact, it might get postponed until later in the season where you were counting on that as your bye week. All of a sudden now you're playing in a string of weeks in a row where you're going to have a bye. Now you're not. 
And um, so that, that's, I guess, a lot of things, again, that have to be taken into consideration. But just because a player is or a team has some things get in their way of a normal rhythm and the normal preparation time for a week, I wouldn't consider that a reason not to start a certain player or you just think this team's going to collapse because they only had two days of uh, uh, practice instead of three. I, I think most of these players have been around long enough and are prepared for those type of contingencies. Well, I forget which Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, one thing that uh, I know we added in, in our league, which I'm hoping a lot of guys took advantage of, is with ESPN leagues, you can have an IR. And we're in a dynasty league, so it means more to us than maybe a non-dynasty league. But in non-dynasty league, it would be important, too, to add a three-player IR. So when a guy does, does go down because his team went down for COVID, maybe you can move somebody off and pick up somebody uh, to, to fill in, which is another. That sounds like a guy has been out this fantasy as a commissioner for a while. <laughs> uh, Bob, uh, I forget which week the, uh, the Steelers were supposed to have their bye. But it suddenly got moved up to, I guess, why well, I, I suppose it would have been week four. So now they're looking at the prospect of having to play all those games consecutively all the way through the end of the season. And uh, Eric, when you have to play that many games in a row, like you said, these are professionals. They can adapt. Uh, but when you're having to play all those games in a row and you weren't expecting it, maybe you uh, had baked in that by week later in the season. OK, this is when I'm going to you know, take my break. And now all of a sudden they're thrust in the situation where they have to just keep going and going. Uh, when you're talking about maybe fantasy playoffs around 15 or 16, are you worried about s some of the uh, Steelers maybe running out of gas and not being as a reliable uh, pickup for some of those late games? I, I would say no, because if you look back to some of the Steelers Super Bowls, I, I can't speak to the ones in the 70s because I was a kid back then, although they were because I'm a front runner as a fan. They were my favorite team back then. But I think some of their later Super Bowls, like when uh, they won in Detroit, that team was a wild card. And so they played every week, even they had no buy, even in the playoffs. And I think there's teams that, you know, it's kind of when you start playing well, it's easier to keep that rolling. If you don't have any break, a lot of teams look at the buy as a negative because let's say they're playing really well, the, the two or three games prior to that buy, and then all of a sudden they have to take a, what amounts to a two week break that uh, I think that kind of upsets the momentum sometimes. Mm. So, Brian, that answer your question? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I, I, I think it's, it's important to know, especially from the, the player's perspective, that, yeah, it's something that we should always assume that, you know, these are the best players in the world at what they do and they're pros, they can adapt. And so I think that's very important for any uh, yeah, fantasy owner to know going forward as far as, uh, you know, not letting it scare you off too much about playing a certain player because, you know, they may have to play a couple days or a couple weeks off when they thought they would. So thanks, Eric. Oh, you got it. Hey, Brian, thanks for joining us. And uh, you keep asking the quarterback and keep playing fantasy football. <laughs> Will do. You too, Bob. Take care. Remember, if you'd uh, like to ask the quarterback, just email me at brillpro at gmail.com. And if we select you, you'll be in touch with you and bring you on the show next week. And the email right there at the bottom 
of your screen. Well, it's uh, the Justins we liked. Uh, that was kind of cool. We liked Justin Herbert with four touchdown passes and Justin Jackson who rushed for 71 yards. Both of us had uh, those picks last week. So let's get right to the games. Uh, Broncos and Patriots. Now this is a game postponed from last week. I like the Patriots deep and, and we'll need to see what the quarterback situation is. If it's Cam Newton, if he's, if he's good coming back from the COVID layoff. I'm also liking uh, Keneal Harry, the top draft pick from last year uh, seems to be getting more action. Uh, Broncos, I'm just not sure who I can trust here. I would agree with you. This is a tough game because the Patriots, uh, without Cam, like Cam Newton is their offense this year. He runs the ball extremely well, throws the ball. I'm impressed with how well he does, not only outside the pocket, because that's always what he's been good at, but inside the pocket, he seems to be throwing with some timing and rhythm now. And without him in the lineup, there's not really any Patriots I look to to be consistent to, um, performers as well. And again, the Broncos, like you, I mean, they've been so up and down, uh, well, more, mostly down. And there's really no one there, I don't think, to be, to be put in your lineup as a starter. Texans and Titans. Uh, Texans and Watson avoided 0-5, so maybe a turnaround time under Romeo Cornell. Uh, I do like Watson this week and Cooks as well as Fuller. And David Johnson seems to be back at least as good enough for a flex. Uh, for the Titans, I guess I I'm good with Derrick Henry. Well, I, I, I'm still going to stick with the four guys I, I love with the Titans, and that's Tannehill, Juno Smith, uh, Henry, and um, the receiver. I can't think of his name right now. Corey Davis. Corey Davis. So, uh, you know, I, I think they've exceeded my expectations come into the season. I know they finished the season very strong last year, and without it seems to be any fall off, I think they're going to continue that uh, progression throughout this season as well. So, I like those guys. As you said, Deshaun Watson's too good. Uh, you know, it, it almost doesn't matter in terms of fantasy whether they win or lose. He's obviously a guy that's going to put up numbers, and that means DeAndre, not DeAndre Hopkins, but um, Will Fuller is as well. And, uh, you know, I, I like what they're doing so far. Roman Cornell being a defensive guy, they're going to continue offensively with what they've been doing all year as well. Browns and Steelers. Now, this is a national game. Two teams both headed in the right direction. I like all the receivers here for both teams, and that means especially Claypool. Uh, don't expect the same kind of numbers as past week, but I think he supplants Deontay Johnson. Uh, John, John, uh, Mike Tomlin said Johnson uh, looks to be a go. We'll have to see where that goes. He's been injury prone this year. Uh, look for Benny Snell to do some damage as well alongside James Conner. Odell should rebound. I didn't like what he did last week. And I do look for the Steeler defense to shut down Kareem Hunt. I think that will be Mike Tomlin's first goal and objective. It seems to be the pattern this year. I, I agree with you. Uh, I'll, I'll let you stick uh, and speak to the Steelers situation. As far as the Browns go, you know, I think offensively it's tough because you got Mayfield who's playing consistently through a couple of picks last week, which he hasn't done in a while. And, but he's always going to, at least lately, he's in that 200 and maybe 25 to 250 yard category, maybe throw a touchdown or two, but he's been limiting the, the mistakes, which has been great, but they really don't have a breakout guy. Even Odell, Although he did have one good game where right. he not only ran the ball well, threw the ball, caught the ball well, I don't see either any of their weapons really, including Jarvis Landry, to be consistent week in and week out. You're kind of, it's the luck of the draw, I think, with the Browns. But winning the games, that seems to be what they're doing very well right now. 
Ravens Eagles, anyone on the Ravens is a play, especially the defense. But again, I cannot recommend much of the Eagles, but Fulgham well, seems to be at least a flex here. He came from out of nowhere. This Baltimore team has just too many weapons to let Carson Wentz, you know, get it right for a change. Although, I mean, Carson Wentz, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. he went on the road against the San Francisco 49ers yeah. and that great defense and did what he had to to win a game. I would not count him out. I know he doesn't look uh, mechanically like he has in the past, but I would, he's the type of guy I would allow to play through this, something like, you know, what he's gone through so far. And I just, I have to believe that he's going to get it turned around. They're just too good of a team not to have that happen. Washington and the Giants. Wow. A pick them here. However, however, I'll throw that in. Both of these teams have been so bad, but they've been on the upswing the last two weeks. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm saying if you have any of the starters on these two teams, I would start them. I think this is a fantasy dream match for, matchup for points. Just stay away from the defenses. Matter of fact, I have Slayton and I have Juju uh, Smith-Schuster. I'm benching Smith-Schuster this week and putting in Slayton. That's how much I believe in what this game could be for fantasy. Well, and I think we've talked all along about how Daniel Jones is kind of a quarterback that's on the rise. He had a couple of down games, but last game against the Cowboys, even though they didn't win, he looked great to me. And I think, uh, you know, as a team offensively, um, you know, obviously they lost uh, their best running back. They don't, they, they don't seem to be able to, you know, sustain drive after drive after drive. Although, again, the Cow against the Cowboys in that defense, although that's the Cowboy defense, Washington's a much better defense, I think, than the Cowboys. But I do like the Giants and Daniel Jones especially. Falcons Vikings Falcons can go 0-6 this week but I don't think so Vikings coming off a high with Seattle and this could be a letdown week so I'm playing any key player on Atlanta including Todd Gurley the Vikes I'm just staying away from with the exception of the running backs and possibly Thielen now you want to watch the injury wire for Dalvin Cook if he can't go Madison and Boone are both decent waiver wire guys well and I mean okay so Julio Jones hasn't stepped up this year at least not been a consistent performer but Calvin Ridley has been unbelievable. Obviously, Matt Ryan's putting up numbers. That's an offense I would stick with. And the Vikings, again, day two, um, you know, almost squeaked out a win against the Seahawks. And I think Kirk Cousins has really shown a lot of people that it, Stevens, uh, Kevin, Kevin Stefanski being his OC, you know, for the couple of years before, even without him, he's still putting up good numbers. And obviously, as you mentioned, Thielen is as well. Lions and Jags. Lions coming off a bye week. I like Stafford. I like Hawkinson here as well as Galladay and Carrion Johnson. Uh, Jags uh, brought out LaVisca Chenault this past week with seven catches. Now he's worth a look as is James Robinson. And I know you like Minshew. Well, I, yes, but for some reason, what has happened to the Jaguars who had a hot start? Yeah. Now these last few weeks have just, I don't know, been non-existent. That's going to be a great, I think, uh, stepping stone, let's hope for the Lions because, you know, the, you got, you've already got one coach that's been dismissed with uh, Dan Quinn and they've been talking about really just the last four or five weeks here in, with Detroit and Matt Patricia. And I'd like to see them get a win here against the Jaguars. And I think all they have to do is, you know, allow Stafford to do what he's been doing all year long. And that's just making good decisions and good throws. Their offensive line has been stellar at some points, but then kind of falling off at others. Uh, you know, all they've got to do is play a good, consistent game to get this win. Nothing spectacular. And I think, like you said, Stafford's going to put up good numbers and TJ Hawkinson as well. Well, you got the Bengals and Colts. Uh, 
tough Colts defense might slow down the Bengals offense, but I'm not so sure they will. Burroughs played through some rough spots already, but I think with Mixon still healthy and T Higgins coming along, you got to ride him. So T Y Hilton may be ready to break out this week. Yeah. And I, you know, as you said, I've burrowed this. He's the guy can do no wrong as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, it's a, they lost the game handily last week, but I think that's going to make them have an even better game this week. Although the Colts got something to prove too. They had an unexpected uh, trip up last week. So, um, you know, I think again, T Higgins and Mixon are, you know, sure. Mixon didn't have a great game last week, but I think overall he's going to have a lot more good games than poor games. And T Higgins is on the rise. Bears and Panthers all yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, the, the bears, I think, did an effective enough job to win this game. They didn't look pretty. Defensively, they played a lot better. Offensively, they had to make some plays and eventually did. But it wasn't sort of like this, just snap our fingers and it's, you know, magic's going to come out. But I think the fact that they got the win, they're four and one now. Um, and when you get some confidence in yourself by winning games, you know, the, it, the trend is going up. So I, they're playing a good Panther team, no doubt. And, uh, but I think the Bears, We'll come out on top on this one, but Allen Robinson and Andre Miller and Jimmy Graham has turned into a touchdown machine, what turned into continue to be one for the Bears like he was with the Packers. And so I, I like the Packers to win this game, even though they're going to be in Carolina playing the game. Now, for me, I'm liking Allen Robinson here as well as a defense, which includes special teams. And that means Patterson who's not a bad play overall. He can play several different positions. Depending on your league, he might be a wide receiver. He might be a running back, which is kind of nice. Uh, just based on volume, you need to play Mike Davis after his 89 yards rushing and nine catches this past week. Robbie Anderson continues to shine. He went over 100 yards again. Uh, Jets and Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins come around, putting up 43 on the Niners last week. Preston Williams is a play. I like uh, I said earlier, so is Jason Sanders, the kicker. Uh, the Jets activated Le'Veon Bell, gained 60 yards on 13 carries, but only caught one pass. And one of the reasons you want Le'Veon Bell in there is because he can catch passes. And we're talking Joe Flacco here, which does not inspire me. And the defense, well, they really fell down this week. Right. And I and after a slow start that the Dolphins did have, they have been on the uptick every single week. Fitzpatrick, again, came in and played great last week. And, uh, you know, they've got some weapons. Amaz Gaskin is a great, you know, um, not only can he run the ball well, he's lightning out of the backfield as a receiver. And, uh, you know, I think they've got options offensively that they haven't had in a while. So I, I like the Dolphins here. Fantasy-wise, I think their offense is going in the right direction. Packers and Bucks. Well, this is uh, the old quarterback showcase game of the week. Brady versus Rogers should be entertaining, if nothing else. Uh, the pack coming off a bye week, but you could start anyone here. The Bucks, Ronald Jones, definite play. And as long as Brady can remember what down it is, he should be fine. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be living that one down for a while. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, he's uh, the Buccaneers. I'll say, taking them on first. Mm, they've got weapons. He's making good decisions with the ball now. Um, and I think, you know, there's no doubt this is a team, I think Troikman said it during the game this past week that, you know, he's got more weapons now or as many for the first time since mm -hmm. maybe 2007 when he was with the Patriots and they were putting up, you know, incredible numbers. Uh, the Packers uh, with Aaron Rodgers this year, it obviously doesn't matter if the Packers even, you know, roll me out as a receiver. I'm going to get numbers with him yeah. as a quarterback. And I think there's nobody you can't or shouldn't take with the Packers or play in fantasy this week. 
Yeah, but will you get touchdowns? That's the thing. You're going to get receptions, but you don't you get touchdowns. Rams at 49ers. Buccaneers are a tough defense, no doubt. But so far, Rodgers has had the answer every week. He has. Rams are catching the Niners at the right time, that's for sure. Any Ram, although I've been disappointed in Higby. And if you can get him, pick up the tight end Everett. He's been more involved, and they're using him in various ways, including on the rush. Uh, normally, I'd like most of it for San Francisco, but not against the Rams defense. Yeah, and I've been saying all this this whole year, Jared Goff is just on a roll. And he was he put up great numbers last year, even though as a team they didn't they did not uh, live up maybe to team expectations. But I think he's off to another great start this year. Looked great last week against Washington, and uh, you know now as you said, they're going in against a, I guess. Uh, depleted in a way 49er team mm -hmm. and certainly confidence wise they're not what they were a few weeks ago and the Rams I think are at least up there in the top two or three in the NFC right now as leading contenders to go to the Super Bowl Chiefs and Bills Chiefs to rebound big uh, but they are doing against a really tough club now Andy Reid's going to have them ready we know that but and so I'm all good here but watch the injury wires with John Brown and both uh, he and Sammy Watkins you know, I even though the Chiefs lost, all right, just Andy Reid has such a, a, a embarrassment of riches on who to get the ball to. Uh, you know, they ran a down in the red zone last week. They ran a reverse to, a couple weeks ago to uh, Tyreek Hill mm -hmm. and just a walk-in. And just the way they block things, it's everything is so in sync. And they're a tough team. Obviously, they're, they got a great Bills team that they're playing against. But the Chiefs, I would not bet against them offensively. So we're talking fantasy football here. We're not talking wins and losses. We're talking, are they going to put up numbers? And in this game, I think both teams will. Cardinals and Cowboys, well, what can you say? The boys made a big signing and picking up Andy Dalton. You mentioned that earlier. Not that he's going to make things all better, but he's solid. I look for Elliott to get the ball even more because they have been trying to do that. So if you have Zeke, you're going to want to definitely stick with him. Uh, look for Lamb, Gallup, Cooper, and Wilson to see who gets the most targets. And I like Wilson. Uh, it's up in the air since uh, Dalton has hard, had hardly no playing time to get comfortable with the first team receivers. Uh, this is work in progress going forward. So you have to kind of keep that in mind if you have Cowboys on your roster. This is a good week to start any of your Arizona offensive players because the Dallas D is porous. And I even like Kenyon Drake here. I would agree with you. I think the Cardinals, again, because they're playing that defense from Dallas, everyone offense, especially Kyler Murray, is going to be a play. But the Cowboys, I think, with Andy Dalton, here's a guy that hasn't had anything like these kind of weapons before. And yet here he is. And he, he was very successful early in his career in Cincinnati. So I think he showed me last week, you know, the guy's making great decisions. He's athletic out of the pocket. He can throw inside the pocket. I think he's going to put up more numbers and have more good games filling in for Dak than people realize. I think he did it last week. I think that what the ball hit the ground just twice in the times that he'd thrown the ball. So I, I'd look for more of those numbers and, and consistent performance out of Andy week in and week out. And there you have it. Kramer and Brill fantasy football podcast and now a video cast as well. That's right. We're looking at all kinds of good things with uh, ha happening for us this year. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsum, Radio.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That is definitely the easiest way. You can do it on your phone. You can do it wherever you are. And don't forget about our brand new feature, Ask the Quarterback. Each week, we'll select a fan who writes in to ask Eric a fantasy football-related question. We'll bring the fan on to the 
video cast to ask that question directly. And you could be that fan by simply emailing us at brillpro at gmail.com. That's brillpro at gmail.com. See it right there on your screen. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.